Elizabeth Urban. And I'm your other host, Erin Gessert. So September is nationally recognized as Suicide Prevention Month. So today we wanted to take um, our episode for today to talk about just suicide, not just among our age group, but across the country. Mm -hmm. And like we're also going to touch on why talking about mental health and mental illness is super important, not only in September, but all year round. Absolutely. So we have a couple of statistics pulled up just on our phones. I have the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention pulled up. Um, and I have the CDC and also the um, National Institute of Mental Health pulled up. Yeah, so suicide is, uh, all of our studies are according, are from the last record is from 2020, mm-hmm. just to preface this. But uh, suicide is the 12th leading cause of death in the United States. Um, in 2020 alone, 45, over 45,000, almost 46,000 people died by suicide. And in 2020, there were an estimated estimated 1.2 million suicide attempts, mm-hmm. which is insane. Right. That's just so crazy. And, like, um, one statistic that really stuck out to me from the National Institute of Mental Health was, this is also from 2020, there were nearly two times as many suicides as there were homicides in the United States with roughly almost 46,000 um, suicides compared to almost 25,000 homicides. Which is insane we hear a lot about homicides and just death in general Mm -hmm. so i feel like um especially in today's age we're really desensitized to it Mm -hmm. but like this shouldn't be something that's normal no never like suicide is really sad to talk about it's really Mm -hmm. sensitive for a lot of people Mm -hmm. so we're talking about it today more so to shed light on it and just Mm -hmm. kind of remind people that like it's okay to talk about it yeah you can always talk to somebody there are people out there Mm -hmm who are available. Like, this, just this year, they um, finalized a national um, crisis hotline for suicide prevention. Oh, yeah. Didn't like, they change the number? Yeah. So it used to be some long 1-800 number, mm-hmm. which was popularized by Logic Song, conveniently oh, yeah. number back in high school. Um, but they shortened it to 988. So similar mm-hmm. to 911, now mm-hmm. we have a crisis hotline for suicide, mental health attempts, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. No, that's very smart of them to do that mm-hmm. but also it's like it's sad that like, oh yeah it's just so sad like how common it is nowadays mm-hmm. which on the bright side it is being taken more seriously <clears throat> by oh people for around sure the country mm-hmm. like i can't remember ever hearing about mental health when i was in like elementary middle school no i feel like when i was in high school that was kind of like when it just started being like normalized to talk about yeah, but even then, at least for my experience, like, it was very, like, stereotyped yes. in a way. It was, like, the people who um, had mental health problems were severely bullied or yeah. they were um, severely traumatized as kids. Something like, like, something severe mm-hmm. made them develop mental illness when in reality it happens to normal people. Mm-hmm. Somebody could be look completely happy on the outside. Like, this is so, it's so cliche, but people say it on the time, out, all the time that you're smiling on the outside, but you're hurting on the mm-hmm. inside. No, that's so true. That brings me, that makes me think of um, Robin Williams. That was his name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when he committed suicide, that was, that was being spread so much. Like, and that's the thing too. It's like, you never know. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, people that are depressed, like, they don't necessarily show it. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that's, like, the really scary thing about, like, mental health. And I think also that's why it's so important. Like, this also does cliche sound cliche, but it's, like, you never know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. But it's just so true. Yeah, it's... Oh, I had a... 
I don't have this specific statistic pulled up, but I remember it in my head. I, I, I can't cite it for you guys, but um, it was something like uh, 40, only 49% of women will like open up to their friends when something wrong is going on in their life compared to like 25% of men mm-hmm. will open up to their friends when something else is going on. And it's just, un- like you said, it highlights like just how isolated people feel. Yeah. Almost. Like they can't, they don't feel like they can talk to people about about this kind of stuff because Mm -hmm. for a long time it has been so stigmatized. Right. And I feel like going off what you said about this statistic on men, like I feel like years ago, like probably when we were in high school, like no one really talked about like men struggling with mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just now it's starting to like be more of a discussion. Yeah. Like I specifically remember in uh, high school watching like the very short unit that we had in health on mental health and suicide and stuff like that. It was, it was always women who were talked mm-hmm. about as the victims, which obviously, that not to say that there's none. Like, there's a good amount of women still commit suicide. But again, like, I have the statistic pulled up. Um, in 2020, men died by suicide at a rate of almost four times higher than women. My God. Because um, men dealing with emotions is so like stigmatized exactly it's like not normal Mm -hmm. but it should be because everybody goes through emotions everybody goes through highs and lows and just you should be able to talk about your feelings with not just people that you care about but also healthcare professionals right and I feel like like having counselors and stuff is so important too because I feel like sometimes it is a bit more difficult to tell people who are close to you what you're going through at times Mm -hmm. like case by case it differs but that's why I think it's so important to talk to a professional, like be it a therapist, a counselor, because sometimes it is easier to open up to people that don't that you don't see on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. It's just it's puts you in a very vulnerable position, obviously, mm-hmm. to tell people how you're feeling and um, how that's affecting you mentally. Mm-hmm. But like, I really can't stress this enough that it's so important. Yeah, to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Talking about it is, like, the first step, I feel like. Absolutely. I would even argue, like, before that, like, being able to admit to yourself that, like, mm-hmm. hey, something's not right here yeah, is, like, so important. Like, journaling, mm-hmm. I feel like, is something that I've personally taken advantage of more recently. Yeah. Just Or just even, like, talking out, out loud to yourself mm-hmm. and being like, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. What do I do now? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's going to your friends and talking about how you feel. Sometimes it's going to your family and talking about how you feel. Or, like you said, reaching out to a school or um, just healthcare uh, counselor mm-hmm. or therapist for some advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have another statistics on here, which um, you brought up kind of crazily, which we did not expect this. But um, in 2020, the highest rate of suicide was among individuals 85 and older. Yeah. And, like, that is just so crazy. Like, yeah, groups um, ages 85 and older, they were the, they had the highest rate of suicide. And then um, under them were ages 75 to 84, tied with ages 25 to 34. Yeah, it's just, again, so often, not that there's nothing wrong with, like, talking about this specific demographic, but we a lot of times see um, suicide attempts being... Um, classified more as a young person thing. Yeah. Like teenagers and young adults. Um, When in reality, it's a a lot of times older adults who Mm -hmm. supposedly have figured their life out and have gone through 
and triumphed over so many um, harder times in their lives. Mm -hmm. But I think that also deals with the issue, though, that like we're 21, almost 22 for you. (laughs) But um, like we're saying like this is a discussion that just I mean, three quarters of the way into our lives actually became a discussion. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it from people, if they're 70 right now, that really only started for them five years ago about six years ago yeah and there's a lot of that discussion i've been specifically seeing this on like television news and like you know what we traditionally identify as like the news uh, cast that like older people will gravitate towards which is like television or radio Mm -hmm. where um they talk about how older generations will say like oh this wasn't a thing when i was younger like, everyone's just soft nowadays. It's like, no, like, people have always been dealing with this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, we didn't have a word for it. Right. You know, like, that's, like, a lot of the same thing, which is not the topic today, but, like, uh, just the idea of, like, um, LGBTQ um, mm-hmm. terms and terminology um, was always a thing. There were always transgender people. There were always gay people. We just didn't have a word to describe how they felt or anything like that. And it's similar for mental health. Like, we didn't have a word to describe depression. We didn't have a word to describe bipolar disorder or multiple personality disorder or OCD. Mm -hmm. All that stuff is relatively new in comparison to, like, again, like you said, like, if these people are, like, 85, the terms were probably only created when they were, like, what, 40 or 50? Yeah. When they had gone through a, a good chunk, like, half of their life already. Right. And even then, maybe they weren't exposed to it until they were 60 or 70 Mm -hmm. years old. Right. Well, I think, I mean, I can't really speak from their perspective, but I feel like it was just so normalized to, like, not talk about it. Oh, yeah. There's Be a man. Mm -hmm. Men don't have feelings. Man up. Grow up. And that, like, we've already touched on that, but everything that you just said, like, that just feeds into how, like, men, like, their mental health, I feel like, in social media and stuff has just been, like, kind of neglected. In, oh, until uh-huh. up until recent years yeah absolutely i would still argue that it mostly is oh yeah when we talk about like body dysmorphia or mm-hmm. depression or anxiety again it still highlights a lot of female perspectives right. and I struggles. Think it's, it's just stereotyped towards women yeah because and again it's easier for women to um come out and like be like hey i'm struggling emotionally right now or mm-hmm. mentally right now it's just that being said Obviously, women have faced a lot of different struggles in their lives, but um, it's not to say that because women face less rates of suicide and mental health problems that um, they're to blame for any of this. Mm-hmm. They're not. It's the system that we have called the patriarchy, <laughs> Yeah, which has, because men have traditionally been like, you need to lead your family, head of the household, um, man up, be there for everybody, do everything, you're in control all the time. That's a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And no wonder it causes a lot of people to develop unhealthy coping mechanisms yeah. and unha- unhealthy ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. But no, I, one thing that I was going to mention is like something that also has happened like within the past few years is like I feel like people have said in the past like how they're feeling, but now it's actually being taken like for like taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. It's like taken as it should be. But I think that that's also important, too, because I feel like sometimes, like, if you say to someone how you're feeling, like, some people won't always, or, like, you know, like, not necess- not validate your feelings, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But I feel like nowadays, like, we are reaching that point where 
like it is. Yeah, at least our generation, I would say, is a lot better about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, just I, I know personally with my friends, we all have become a lot more open to talking about our personal mental health struggles mm-hmm. or just like stuff like that you're going through. But it is, again, really important to find that community that mm-hmm. you feel comfortable talking to people about that. And that was another statistic that I saw. Um, it was on social media, but here, let me see if I can find the post. But it was about how like, um, I can't find it. Um, men are just more likely to develop less close friendships. Like, you know, like they're, what is the word I'm looking for? Acquaintances? Yes. They develop like a lot of, um, I'm friendly with these people, but I wouldn't consider them close, close friends. Okay. No, like they have more friends quantifiable, but quality wise is where women succeed in friendships where they have fewer, but stronger relationships, which is. Um, correlates, I guess, to how women are more comfortable. Again, more factors at play, but they women tend to feel more comfortable because they have developed these stronger, longer relationships mm-hmm. compared to men where a lot of their relationships are superficial yeah. or materialistic. It's like, you know, men... I always used to joke about this, about um, men seem like they're able to bond over one thing and then instantly become friends. Mm-hmm. But it is usually like... They bonded over that one thing, and that's kind of what their whole friendship is centered around, rather than how the two of them feel about each other, enjoy each other's presence. Yeah. Which is obviously a super important part to a relationship, and a friendship especially. Right. That being said, um, suicide rates have gone down in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. It actually peaked in 2020, or, oh my god, sorry, we're talking about 2020, it peaked in 2018. Uh, at the highest um, rate per 100,000 indiv- individuals, in 2018, it was 14.2, and uh, in 2020, it was 13.5. My God. So that's a pretty decent decrease. Yeah. That being said, this is from 2020, and we mm. all know what happened in the lovely year of 2020, the pandemic. Yep. I'm sure that 2021, unfortunately, we probably saw a spike Oh yeah. because I, a lot of people were lonely and isolated. Right. And I think it was just like such a huge change uh-huh. like so quickly like we were in our dorms one minute and then the next like we're at home and we can't mm-hmm. come back and like that's just a very small scope of like a big change and like I feel like I don't know like it, the isolation and like the just like the fear of like being around other people like even like being in your own room like by yourself not able to go out see your friends like that alone, like, can make you just sad. And then I feel like if your mental health is struggling even more, like, you're just more prone to, like... Yeah, but no, like, I know what you mean. Uh, mm-hmm. um, but, like, again, think about, like, how many, like, older adults, like, middle-aged people who go to work every single day. Like, sure, maybe, like, your work relationships aren't, like, the deepest, longest-lasting connections. But, like, going to work every day from 9 to 5 is, like, a in or was an insured way to have human contact right. to leave your house to force you into a routine mm-hmm. to do something exactly and moving virtually due to the pandemic has disrupted that routine mm-hmm. for a lot of people and like you said leads them to spend all day in their bedroom or their par- apartment mm-hmm. and they don't talk to anybody right. in person and i feel like the like staying inside and like be that if you're a middle-aged person working from home or a college student doing your zoom classes like i feel like 
to improve your mental health like in small ways just like doing things like going outside taking a walk being around people those are small things that you can do that I feel like will help to improve your mental health like in small ways but like not being able not having that opportunity to do that and being told that like you can't go anywhere Mm -hmm. like I do not miss that yeah it's a lot of freedom of choice what Mm -hmm. comes along with it that you're like hey that was important that I didn't realize that I had until it was gone Mm -hmm. um which is I remember like seeing so many more people out taking walks during the pandemic yeah like I would go out with my family to just walk our dog or something Mm -hmm. back when I was back home and like people were everywhere like you know you'd cross across the street because we didn't know how covid spread like that anymore back then but it was just like you never saw that many people walking before the pandemic but Mm -hmm. you know now people don't get to walk around their offices anymore and a lot of places have realized like we don't need people at the office every day yeah i think that is like the a sad thing that came from the pandemic yeah, I mean, like, there's positives because obviously less people traveling means less carbon emissions, which is right. better for the planet. But same, like we've just been talking about, there's so much social element yeah, that's just gone. Right, exactly. It's just so crazy. And, like, again, because of the work dynamic that a lot of people, like, I will relate that to. Um, so the highest suicide rate is among middle-aged white men. Uh, white males accounted for 69.68% of suicide deaths in 2020, which is a lot. That's insane. Fair to note that um, white people make up about, like, I don't know, 70% of the people in our country. Mm -hmm. So naturally, they should be a little higher than everybody else. Obviously, not that high. They're not. (laughs) That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Even if um, for racial and ethnic groups back in 2020, the suicide rates, it was um, non-Hispanic American Indian slash Alaska Native were the highest at 23.9, and then white people were right below it at 16.9, which honestly is not right below. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, you just kind of have to think about, like, what these people could be facing in their day-to-day lives that could be driving them to commit suicide mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And, again, with a lot of... With all, almost all, like, ethnic or racial groups, there is that mentality, at least in today's age, where you're the male, you need to provide for the family, provide for your um, your wife, everything mm-hmm. like that. And there is that ton of, a ton of pressure to not display emotion and to just be strong all the time. Like, um, I see a lot on TikTok where, like, people will talk about their trauma and, like... Having an emotionally unavailable dad is, like, such a huge factor for a lot of people. And, like, because, well, obviously they're grateful for their dads for, like, you know, going to work all the time for Mm -hmm. them and providing for their family. It's just, you know, later in life they don't feel like they have a connection with them. Yeah. And that causes them to develop issues emotionally. Right. You're spot on. Yeah. So that being said, obviously – Again, like we mentioned, if you haven't figured out already, it's Suicide Prevention Month in September. So this is just kind of our, you know, way to say that, like, again, you're not alone. There are so many resources available to mm-hmm. anybody. Right. Um, you, your healthcare provider should have plenty of access uh, to resources that they mm-hmm. can offer you. Right. If not, like, see a healthcare provider. If not, your friend, your mm-hmm. family, like... Someone is always there for you. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. 
Here at ISU, we have counseling services available 24-7 pretty much. Mm -hmm. You do have to call to schedule your appointment, which I get for people with phone anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a little difficult. But the thing is, they're there to help you. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like there's no judgment. No. Like, that's what they're there for. This is their job. They're trained, licensed professionals. You know, they're not, like, some yahoos or they're, like, they just picked up from the sidewalk. Like. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they understand what you're going through, right. and they're there for you and mm-hmm. are going to try to help you the best that they can. Yeah. Along with, like we mentioned, crisis hotlines have become way more widely available. Even just Googling, like, mental health resources or mental health resources near me if mm-hmm. you want to specify somewhere close to you. Like, you can – it's so easy to find people who can help. You just have to be willing to reach out. Right. All right, so that wraps up today's episode of Tea Time. Once again, I'm one of your hosts, Elizabeth Urban, one of the news editors at The Vedette. And I'm your co-host, Erin Gesser, uh, one of the other news editors at The Vedette. And we'll catch you guys next week.